Reel on Reels, episode 16. Ledulos. Die or lie. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the first episode of 2019. Happy of, New Year, folks. Of Reel on Reels. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we're talking about Ledulos today is a uh, French uh, neo-noir, French new wave film uh, written and directed by Jean-Pierre Melville. Yes, who takes his name from his favorite American author, Herman Melville of Moby Dick fame. Yeah, and we will be uh, talking about that film and giving us giving you the real score. The only Trademark score that, registered copyright. Yeah, the only score that really matters. And... Yeah. We will uh, be playing a game of Point Dog Millionaire. That's right, folks. You've heard this one before, and uh, we've got another episode for you. We've been getting a lot of demand. Guys, play Point Dog Millionaire again. So we aim to please. So many requests. Like a thousand and five. Roughly. And a half. Because like, one was like a hanging, hanging chad. And one of those fans suggested this film. Um, friend of yeah. the show, Jason. So yes. shout out to Jason for suggesting it. Um, thanks for making this, you know, continuing our tradition of being the French film podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. This is a great, great movie. I, uh, I think I talked about this. Um, we, I wasn't sure if I had seen this movie. Um, because I, I have got like a bunch of this guy's movies, Jean-Pierre Melville's, because mm-hmm. uh, I bought, like, there was like a Criterion collection sale one time and I just went crazy and bought a ton of their movies. Um, so I wasn't sure if I'd seen this one, but I have definitely seen Le Cirque Le Rouge and this one did seem familiar, so I might have seen it. Yeah, upon looking up this guy, um, I didn't know anything about him before this movie, but he's made a couple of movies that have got five stars on all movie and... Uh, they're breathless and army of shadows, which both sound awesome. So yeah, <laughs> I think I want to check those out for sure. Um, so, uh, this is our first noir film. Yeah, really. I mean, it kind of had some noirish films, but, um, this is the one, this is, this is, that's the, that's this the fedoras and cigarettes. Yeah. And I mean, fire. this is like the noirest of the noir. It's not even from the noir period. It's from 1962 or 1963, yeah. depending on what source you look at. I'm yeah. Right. Um, yeah, this was certainly an anachronist, chronistic, uh, anachronistic film. And it might as well, wave. it might as well have come out during the American, uh, noir period of like the forties the and fifties because yeah. it just look that's what it looks like. Um, in every possible way. Like it, you can't even, even with just the quality of the film, mm-hmm. um, which I mean, it would have been good for forties and fifties, but it's, you know, it, it looks like that period. Yeah. And the cinematography, well, I mean, we'll get to the, Oh yeah. The specifics soon, but just, you know, like really dark black, like really black blacks, high contrast, black blacks um, and white whites. Yeah. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's really striking. All the smoke is, you know, very stark, and uh, even though the guy, this one of the guys, Cillian, the character, he, he, the guy does not smoke cigarettes in real life. There's a <laughs> scene, like ten minutes. It's like a ten minute scene of him talking to some police officers. The interrogation scene. Yeah, it's like the centerpiece of the movie. It's it's really good stuff. But yeah, we're getting more and he's detail. holding a cigarette for like ten minutes. Yeah, takes like one hit off of it. When he takes it, it looks so awkward. <laughs> Kind of like Jesse Eisenberg in that David Foster Wallace movie, whatever that's called. That just sounds funny, so it makes me want to watch that, even though I'm not. Yeah, I've, I haven't heard of it. J- uh, Jason Siegel plays David Foster Wallace. Oh, okay. It's a, it's it's I like, not bad. I I kind of liked it. I like Jason Siegel. I don't. I haven't not liked anything he's done. Yeah, he plays. Uh, uh, I mean, it's unfortunate that David Foster Wallace has to be played by anybody, but <laughs> yeah. So so it goes. Um, nice Kurt Vonnegut quote there. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Ledulos, you want to get into what it's kind of about? Yeah. So this is a crime film. Obviously, it's a noir, but it centers around some uh, these basically two guys, and one of them is just a straight up like he's a, he's a thief. 
but he's kind of um he's i don't know maybe i don't know if gentleman thief is the right yeah. phrase but maurice maurice yeah yeah played by um Ser- sergey reggiani i think is how you would say the name maybe it's reggiani Re- yeah yeah because the double g that makes sense could be who knows um yeah maurice Fogel, i think is how you say his, his uh, character's name but he um he actually looks a lot like rowan atkinson did you notice that um <laughs> yeah a little bit yeah 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 um so it's getting kind of a yeah rowan atkinson anthony cumia yeah uh kind of vibe so he uh it centers around him and uh this character cillian played by jean paul uh Bel- belmundo or did i write that right or is it belmondo it, i think it's belmundo i think i just my o became an you may you became an o anyway um but th- yeah he's a he's this just really like cool dude who like who did a lot of uh a lot of these french new wave type rd films and then went on to do more popular type of stuff mm. um but he and actually that guy <laughs> he was another one that reminded me strongly of an american actor. or actually this other guy is a french actor but the guy uh, lambert wilson he played uh Merovin- the merovingian in uh the matrix reloaded yeah um he, he looks a lot like that guy hmm. so anyway i just thought that was interesting um and so jeremy what's the story about yeah i know right <laughs> <laughs> digressions are our stock and trade rob come on it's true you know this uh so it centers around these two guys and one of them the cillian is probably the one refer being referred to in the title as le doulos yeah. because he that word is is like is a word for it's like a slang word for hat i guess yeah which it's, which is french slang for police informant right so it also has that meaning and so cillian he is he is an, he is a police informant in the movie he's a cop and he's kind of a dirty cop i would say i think it's fair to say um that which the cops he plays this very kind of like he has like a kind of a uh, double life, I guess you could say, or yeah. a triple life even. Which is shown many times because there's so many shots of these guys looking in mirrors. Yeah. <laughs> he drove the point home there. He really, yeah, he really did. Um, and uh, Broken mirrors too. <laughs> yeah, so they're kind of these two sides of the same coin type of th- type of deal. Yeah, yeah. And, but they're, so it, it's, we'll get in more into the screenplay, but it's um, basically uh, Maurice, kills he kills a, a like a friend of his who's a, a much older guy yeah. who's like a he's like one of the i guess he's involved in the mob or whatever group these, these yeah he's like out. the jeweler for uh yeah. the mob he's like yeah he's like repairing the jewelry and fixing it up so people will buy it yeah the guy, he's just he's got like a stack of jewel or pile of jewelry from a heist yeah it's near the near the beginning of the movie um and at the big the beginning is um An awesome tracking shot yeah there's a yeah there's some really cool shots at the very beginning establishing this kind of like grainy outskirts type like urban environment it also kind of like walking from the dark like there was like shadow Mm -hmm. and light and it was just like constantly kind of oh yeah back and forth between them oh i didn't even notice that that's interesting yeah so a lot of little artsy flourishes in this movie like that that you probably in some cases you don't even notice the first time around probably but anyway so he goes to this guy's house this gilbert varnove and he's sitting there uh, you know separating gems from uh, their ring settings because nobody wants to buy them together they want to buy the separate metal and gems right. and uh so he's um he has this uh maurice has this kind of like um what's the word uh for what when you were trying to, enigmatic he has like an enigma, enigmatic look on his face and yeah um kind of downtrodden yeah very downtrodden yeah and uh so he ends up, he's just being friendly with the guy pretty much. And he apparently, he, Maurice has just gotten out of prison. He served like five years. Yeah. And um, so that's kind of a trope actually in, in crime films too. It's like, right. you know, the guy who served in a prison sentence kind of going out in a blaze of glory or kind sure. of, yeah. Um, um, yeah. And he's like, and this guy is being super nice to him. He's like, Oh, if you want to borrow some money, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, 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 I got it. Um, you know anything? And he's like, "Do you have a gun?" 
Right. Goes, yeah. Well, I don't know if you should use that. And he's like, Yeah, because he's planning another job, and this is an yeah. essential part of the plot too. That he's going to be doing a job with another guy. Right. And they're going to be robbing a safe. Cillian and uh, Remy, two right. guys. Well, uh, Cillian really only gives him the tools, but right. Um. <clears throat> anyway, uh, so he he says, okay, yeah, the gun's over in the top drawer, and this guy's working away, and um, he goes, get any bullets. <laughs> Yeah, he and tells him where the bullets are. And he yeah, he loads up the gun, sits down, and points the gun at the uh, the old man. And the old man turns around and he shoots him. Yeah. And, and so, so begins Ledulos. And that's a really nice, um, yeah, it's, a, it's, thinking back on it, you put a lot of things together that you don't when you first, when you first watch through it. Um, and that really was a nice, um, like, encapsulation of kind of the tone of this movie. It's like backstabbing and... Yeah, like Two-faced. unexpected twists. Yeah, like yeah. It, it's already the first scene is a twist, you know. Right. Yeah. Um, and so it's and so he takes the the gems and uh, a whole bunch of cash and just mm-hmm. all this stuff and buries it, and like by a by a street uh, a, uh, street lamp. Yeah, street lamp, and that becomes important later in the plot too. Um, so there's a lot of it's a, it's actually a pretty neat neatly constructed screenplay, even though it oh, does yeah. get a little bit bogged down, and we'll get into that, but. Um, so throughout the movie, so he ends up, he, he en- yeah, he ends up suspecting that, um, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was, just I, say, I, was I was thinking of something different. Go. Yeah. What really kind of drives the main, main plot is that Maurice ends up in jail because of the job that he does with this Remy guy uh-huh. where they are robbing a guy's safe. And, um, right. They they actually like throw the guy's dog and like they wrap him in like a blanket and throw him in, in like a room and yeah. they got the guy. Um, they're holding up the guy. Say threw his dog. Yeah, they like the the little dog. They like wrapped him up in. Did t- they? Yeah, they wrapped him up in a towel or something. And, oh, okay. I, did. I mean, they didn't literally toss him, but you know what I mean. Like, um, so I felt a little bad for the dog, little doggy. But anyway, so, uh, so they robbed this guy, or they're trying to rob this guy. They've got the the drill for the safe that they got from Cillian. The, yeah, Cillian came yeah. over and gave him the drill. Um, yeah, and meets his girlfriend Therese, and that ends up becoming important meets in the plot. Maurice's girlfriend Therese. Yeah, more yeah. Um, and Jean, which is, is that Cillian's girlfriend? Jean? No, no, because he's like into Fabian. There's so many characters and love interests. There, yeah, um, there are quite a few characters, and when they're all French names and actors you don't recognize, it's all it gets difficult. Yeah, so. right. Um, so, so basically. That somebody tipped tipped him off, tipped off the cops about this job because the cops yeah. show up like a few minutes into it, and it's supposed to take a couple hours. Yeah, for yeah, him to like drill into four this. hours. Yeah, or something. If it he, could like, screws it up. It could take four hours. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there's actually a lot of little like details like that because it's very dialogue heavy. Yeah, because like he, at the beginning they ask him like, "Hey," or the old man asks Maurice, uh, "What does he use? Um, what did he ask him? Does he use something? I can't remember." Does he use that or you were talking about the method of how he cracks oh, the safe? Yeah. Does he use something and where he said no, he uses suction. Oh, I was okay. Like, I wonder how that works, but Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. And he he gives him I think he he said he only gives him two drill bits, I think, because it's like it's only gonna if you end up having to use both, it's gonna take four hours and by that time you're you're boned. Yeah. Like you're not you're gonna You're gonna be arrested. <laughs> yeah. Um so anyway. But somebody apparently tipped him off. And so this is really where it starts to get the plot starts to throw things at you that we wind up being misdirections later. There's a lot of misdirections. Yeah. Because right after he drops off the the tools, he, uh, Cillian, yeah. um, he goes and makes a phone call and makes a phone call to a police officer. Um, R- right. And Actually, that scene is really cool because of the way that the camera is like like showing all the phone booths and then it's just one shot where as it's zooming in and panning toward the phone booth that the guy's going to he's walking to the phone booth and then by the time he gets there and picks up the receiver the camera is now like a close-up on yeah, him. i yeah, just thought yeah. that was a really cool mm-hmm. shot yeah but anyway um but yeah uh so it makes it it sets it up as cillian being the the traitor right and so already Right off the bat here, you got like two big seeming betrayals. Right. And you, the, de- the, f- the film continues to, f- to um, strategically like drop details to make you question everybody's motives and like what's really going on. Sure. And um, 
so then he goes back to the apartment because earlier there was a moment where he uh, looks at Therese, uh, Maurice's girlfriend, and it's like they seem to know each other. Yeah, because yeah. she's like not being nice to him, and um, and so she comes back, and you think he's they're gonna they're like having an affair or something, which maybe I don't. I'm not really sure what the deal is with that. Yeah, you find out I later. Thought, I thought Celine was just like into her. Yeah, probably. Uh, at first, that's but, probably what yeah. it was, and she was probably into him, and it was kind of like she. She wasn't bothered by him coming but, back. I mean, looking at the ending, maybe he was suspicious of her. Oh yeah, definitely. Instead, and he was because of how the circumstances of how, how he met her. Because you find out later that he met her with some other like cr- crime guy. I'm not exactly sure. But, yeah. Um. Yeah, you know, it's actually. I, I thought it was going to be kind of hard to talk about the plot deals, details, but I actually remember more of it than I thought I yeah, would. Yeah, I, th- yeah. I think it does kind of come together. It coalesces in your mind late, right? Right. At the end of the movie, it, it seems so confusing. It at, does, at yeah. First, but then as it like it kind of unfolds and you start making connections and yeah, and, you know, yeah, it's very very cleverly constructed. Neurons fire in your mind. <laughs> yeah, and so. But he goes back and he like he beats her and ties her up. Yeah, it, it yeah it's, it they make it it frames it as this guy just informed on Maurice right has gone back to his and home. Maurice just got done talking about how much he trusts Cillian. Right, like he made a big deal out of it talking to Therese. Yeah, yeah. Like oh, I don't know if I can or uh, I forget what he says, but yeah, he t- says like oh yeah, I trust. Yeah, he's my you know, friend whatever. until I have a, 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 a any other reason to think yeah. that he's not. So they set it up as if Cillian, you know, just informed on Maurice just backstabbed him and he comes back to uh take care of Therese. He ties her up, beats her, mm-hmm. like you said, and uh, give, uh makes her give her the location of his work, of Maurice's work. Yeah, or yeah, where the job was, where the heist oh, was. Oh, duh, yeah. yeah that makes yeah. more sense because I was thinking I got thrown off with that too cuz I'm like, wait, was what what is his job that he's going to? Yeah, yeah. no, yeah, the jo- the job. Yeah, duh. <laughs> um that makes so much more sense now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, he tell he, he gives her the address, um, or, or she gives him the address, and and yeah. as we've as we've probably already kind of given away, um, he's not. You think, as the viewer, you th- you're thinking definitely at this point, he Cillian. is gonna yeah he's gonna go uh, rat on him or he's gonna yeah he's gonna basically send the cops there or whatever, and it turns out that he's actually. He he was trying to warn him. Yeah, he got the information because he was going to go there. And what ends up happening is... Therese was the informant. Right, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's... Absolutely, we, yeah. You've hinted at <laughs> very strongly. Yeah, and uh, so it turns out... And you end up finding out also that Cillian kill, kills Therese. He, like, put, you know, help, with the help of this other guy. Yeah, yeah. I think Armand a, is the guy who helps. Yeah. They drive her, her off car. a cliff and... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. And then you're so you're thinking even more like when you find that out because you find out in a paper from the the Maurice is reading and it's like wow he's he even killed his girlfriend and like this whole thing right and um so but when but but when that job gets busted up by the cops they're running uh, Maurice and run, Remy are running and Remy gets hit and um so Maurice kills the cop that killed him killed Remy right. and uh, but he he gets shot too and he passes out but a car pulls up right then and you don't you don't see who picks him up hmm. so it's one of these several moments in the movie where you don't really know who's doing a thing right because it doesn't show him and then maurice is just in the next scene he's just wondering he's like recovering at a friend's house and he's wondering what happened and um of course you find out that it was cillian and the, what i just realized that would is interesting is that if, if he had been conscious he would have known this whole time cillian was just trying to help him right but he wasn't. So it's one of those moments in the movie where it's like a, a, a circ, the circumstances, you know, um, were such that people didn't get all the information right. that they would have needed to know what was really going on. Right. And then there's the third storyline, the jail storyline in the, assa- uh, right. the assassin. Yeah, Kern the assassin from yeah, prison. because Maurice is in jail. Yeah, because he ends up going to the jail for um, for that that Remy job, right? Yeah. They suspect him of it. They don't have any proof. I right. Think. They, they just throw him in there. And they suspect him of the murder of the guy he did actually kill, yeah. too, even though he lies multiple times saying yeah. he didn't do it. And he's put in there with this guy, this assassin, I guess. Yeah. And he... Hitman. And because Maurice thinks it's um, Cillian... Right. ...that backstabbed him, he says, 
pay or kill this guy and I'll pay you. Right. Um, so that's what ends up happening or he goes to the home, but Maurice goes to the home. Yeah. This is the end of the movie, but yeah, might as well, might as well yeah, just, just jump yeah, to the end. Yeah. We could get into more detail about the, yeah, but you should see the movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's very good. There's a scene with the jewels and the mob boss and it's good stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah. We should probably get into that. Uh, the mob boss and, and stuff. Yeah. So he, um, yeah, we'll we'll leave that hanging. That yeah, we'll talk about it while we go over the categories. Yeah, leave that dangling for now. Yeah. So, um, but uh, we're, we're, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> well, Cillian, um, there, oh, Maurice goes to Cillian's home to stop the assassin. Oh, were you okay? You wanted to get into that part now? <laughs> we could <laughs> go for it. Um, and then so the assassin thinks Maurice is Cillian, kills Maurice. Right, because he doesn't because he doesn't see his face. Another right. moment where the shadows shadows are used very strategically. Right, there's several times in the movie where you don't see somebody's face, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, so he kills him, and and then Cillian shows up, and and then with Maurice's dying words, he tells Cillian where the where Kern is, which he's behind this like a, a wardrobe screen or dressing right, screen yeah, or whatever, yeah. and so Cillian just fires, he empties his magazine into the screen, and kills he does him, he does but, hit the guy, yeah, yeah. but not before. Kern's able to fire off a single shot. Yep, single shot. Right Killing. in the center of Cillian's back. Yep. So this is a, a depart. Okay, spoiler for the Departed. This is a spo- <laughs> this is a, a Departed style. Everybody yeah. dies ending. Everybody dies in this movie. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, except for sure. like the police, except for that one. Yeah, I guess uh, Cillian's girl Fabian probably doesn't die. But he does oh, kill Fabian's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does kill Fabian's uh, boyfriend, which is the mob boss guy. Right, right. And that whole plot is interesting too. That it actually, it kind of, it maybe overcomplicates the film slightly. But it is clever how they weave that in because mm-hmm. she or he uses. It kind of shows like how good Cillian is at manipulating people and kind of like, and you think actually initially you think he's totally just lying and manipulating her. You actually yeah, found yeah. out he is. Cillian is actually much more honest than you think he is for most of the movie. Right. Like he actually is doing what he needs to do to try and help Maurice and get him out of jail. Mm-hmm. And that's what this whole Fabian subplot is about is him trying to get the information that he needs and set up this mob boss guy. Um, for the heist. Right. And, Cause he plants the jewels in his safe and then he, he, he calls another guy to show up cause he's playing with his, his, job as a cop and his connections to the underground right yep. so he's playing those two things off of each other expertly he's a really smart guy yeah and but is he a cop though i don't think he's a cop he's more he is an el, el dulos he came off that way because i think he i think he is an informant i i thought he was a cop well, or not a cop but a uh, okay a, yeah i guess a criminal that, that does make was sense an informant but because Maurice is such a good friend, he would never inform on him. Yeah, so he's like he's like Le- uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's character in The Departed. Yeah, because he's he's like openly a criminal, but secretly working for the cops. Whereas, uh, um, there's not really an analog to Matt Damon's Cause, character, but yeah, because remember the the police try to frame him. They say, "Oh, we'll uh, we'll plant drug charges on you," you know. I, I I don't I never got the suspicion that he was a cop. Okay, yeah, I just got that. I just up. wasn't sure. Glad the, these talks always clarify things, Ooh, which is yeah. nice. <laughs> well, could, I mean, one of I, I I could be wrong too. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty, I think you're right though. But uh, so yeah, he does. He uh, has he calls a I think I think the guy that shows up to um, to the boss's uh, office where the safe is and everything is is a cop. Um, and or somebody in the mob i'm not really no sure. it's armand armand is uh what's what's that guy what's the mobster's name it's like i don't remember Fanuccio. the mobster yeah, i, I think i wrote it down because it's so oh it's yeah so hilarious um yeah he's kind of the actor who plays him is a little bland nutechio not really yeah yeah he's not the kind of like charismatic mob boss that you would expect yeah yeah, but, yeah. um but yeah, so he he kills him and the guy who shows up, and then he just makes it look like the guy who shows up kills right. the mob boss. Right. So that's another one of these things where he's manipulating everybody and yeah. making it work out for him in his in his favor. Yeah. Um. So he's kind of gets off scot free, and because uh, he finds 
the, the reason he ha- was able to plant the jewels is because he got the... That was another one of the things where you're like, oh, man, Cillian's a bastard because somehow he got the map mm. that Maurice drew about where the jewels were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was actually just because he was friends with... He was actual friend with them. And he was friends with the guy that had that did have the map. And and this is all explained. There's like a there's a scene at the end where he meets with Maurice after he gets out of jail, and there he's just explaining it to him in this bar, and he he gives you all these details that you didn't know about to mm. explain wh- how Cillian actually is the one who's been trying to help Maurice this whole time. He picked him up after the after he got shot, and he did, had this whole subplot with Fa- Fabien and the mob boss to get the information he needed to get him out of prison and yeah yeah um all this kind of stuff. So because he needed her to be like a witness because she was actually there. That, that's right. She was in the car of the people who pulled up after to meet um, to meet with the, Varnov, the gym yeah, guy. Yeah, she was with Nutechio and Armand. Yeah, and yeah. she... Um, okay, that's right. And uh, he needed her to tell the cops that she heard a shot that uh, later, not not when when it act, he actually did get shot, which was earlier when Maurice, Maurice was the one who killed him. But she, he's using her to make it seem like... Um, you know, shot Maurice, later. Yeah, yeah. Maurice didn't do it. Right. And uh, you know, it's funny when that scene when he did shoot, when the train went by. I was like, man, he should have shot during the train. That's what I was thinking. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then and that, uh, that does become relevant. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it became relevant. So yeah, it's a it's actually a neater screenplay than yeah I was initially Very credit for. Well crafted. Yeah. Um, I think uh, I I do want to mention something before we get into categories. Sure. Uh, the assistant director's name is Charles Bitch. <laughs> okay b-i-t-s-c-h oh okay there's nuts in there uh so like chuck bitch that's uh that's quite a name so yeah categories <laughs> <laughs> not time to get serious rob given our our statistical analysis here okay <laughs> uh which category you so, want to do first yeah so how about acting sure I'm gonna do things a little bit, a little bit different order this time, but I, I think we do acting usually first. We do, but the, some of the other ones are gonna be a different order. Oh, okay. Just pre- I'm preparing you, <laughs> okay, so that you can uh, you know what's coming, or you know that something different is coming anyway. Yeah. Uh, so acting, I, I give it an eight point three. It's uh solid acting, especially from um, Jean Paul Belmundo and uh, Serge Reggiano or Reggiani. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The two, the two main guys. They're both really good. Everybody else is is okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, those two guys are good enough to get an eight point three rating out of me. Yeah, I got a nine. I put it at a nine, solid nine. Okay. I thought it was uh, good, believable. Nobody bring false besides Cillian's uh, silly in uh, cigarette smoking. <laughs> um, yeah, the, yeah, both those guys do a really good job of hitting the right emotional tone. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, Jean-Paul, or, you know, uh, Cillian is um, very, you know, stone-faced and careful when he needs to be in the interrogation. And he, um, you know, he's um, very tough talking with the mob boss and... It uh, it works really well. He's he's intense and he's kind of cool and yeah and and collected even though he's got all these machinations going on. Mm-hmm. And uh, Maurice has has an appropriately downtrodden, you know, uh, mood about him because right. of being in prison for five yeah. years or whatever. Um, so yeah, cool screenplay. What do you got for screenplay? I have um, a solid ten. Perfect 10. Wow. Perfect uh, 10. Huh? I think it's extremely well-crafted screenplay. Um, I, I I don't see really any fault with it. I think... Um, Jean-Pierre Melville, the director, was the one who actually actually wrote it, right. too. So. Which I mentioned earlier, Jeremiah. Bit of an auteurish... Uh, yeah, but... Yeah, film. I thought it was... It's, you know, an inspired Tarantino, inspired you know, other action people. Tarantino writes movies that twist like this, you know? Yeah, I think it, it probably did influence him. Um, and uh, there's a couple others I think that he specifically stated him as an influence. Oh, really? Okay. Pretty sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, like we said, The Departed is a, is a touchstone. Um, the um, 
As far as like movies where there's like an explanation at the end that makes everything fit together, Vanilla Sky came to mind actually. Even though it's a very different kind of movie. Never seen that. Oh, it's it's good. It's not really a noir, but uh it's got Tom Cruise? Yeah. It's got one of those kind Penelope of mind- Cruise. <laughs> it's got kind of a mind bending it's like a near future type deal and it's got this weird um weird plot that it doesn't mm. really make sense the whole time until the end it's kind of a similar situation but they should make a sequel called chocolate sky <laughs> or rum raisin sky Ooh, i want to see rum raisin sounds good uh <laughs> i don't know where you're you're doing things in my brain rob I don't what's know where your, what's at your score at for screenplay point. sir so i'm, I'm gonna give it uh, an 8.7 so not putting it in the top tier but uh, cause I'm not, how dare you, <laughs> how dare you tank the score of this movie uh, well, like this? Oh, well it's, uh, the real score has to include all of our, both of our ratings. Um, how, how dare you? <laughs> yeah. It's a solid, like it's got good, like, you know, hard boiled, uh, crime drama type writing. Um, and the, I do think that it's a little dialogue heavy and, um, yeah maybe a little longer and a little more intricate than it needs to be. Um, not, and not that it doesn't work, but it, um, it does, uh, it does sort of drag in the middle and you're not really sure how to feel about anything, which I mean, part of that is intentional, but, um, yeah, I just, I, I wasn't that blown away as far as, cause so, so many, so much of it, even though it does have this clever way of fitting together because of the details that are left out, until the end it does sort of it's in a lot of ways it's a typical noir yeah there's a lot of just like scenes of people talking in bars and uh dudes walking around in trench coats and fedoras um and uh but yeah it's it's solid so 8.7 all right direction for jean-pierre melville direction uh 9.8 oh i uh i thought really well directed there were some amazing shots the tracking intro the one that you mentioned with the phone booth um, right i saw some of the stuff was a little heavy-handed like the mirrors yeah i agree so i i took a little bit off that because i mean it's not the worst thing in the world but it was you know mm-hmm. it's like okay we get it <laughs> we get it right. um but i mean it's still masterfully directed <laughs> Yeah, it it's um it does have an artsy, um, a little bit of an artsy feel to it. It doesn't go too far in that direction, um, but I do think it could have been a little more dynamic. It felt kind of stodgy at times. Um, it's probably because of the still shots. I mean, yeah, these directors use a lot of still, you know, cameras on tripods. Boom, no movement. That's true. Despite the tracking shot, but there's a lot of static shots too. That's true, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I wasn't super blown away. I did give it a 7.8. It's a it's a good, um, <clears throat> it's a solid example of what a noir. 7.8? Right, noir should look like. Um, but I, it wasn't, I, I can't really think of anything that, that blew me away. Um, but moving on to cinematography, like we've mentioned, I, I, I really love the way that light is used. Mm. And like I said, with some of the way, um, the way that some of these shots are framed with the panning and the zooming. Um, and th- there's that zoom in of the hat of the hat when he goes to the bar and gives it to the coat check girl. I hate, uh, hated that shot. Oh really? That's I docked editing I thought, because of that shot. Oh really? Wow. Why did it, <laughs> she takes like four tries, three or four tries to get that stupid tag under the band. <laughs> yeah. Why, why, why not retake it? Why not? I have to assume one of two things. Either they didn't retake it or the editor was like, nope, we'll use this take. Maybe they just like the realism of it. I don't know. But then they, they did that one in the shot. We'll get to that. We'll talk about that when we get to editing. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> I gave it I gave it a, an 8.4 for cinematography. Okay. I think that the, the like I said, the, the way what's shown, it's kind of like, it, it kind of mirrors the screenplay in a lot of ways because what's shown is, or what's not shown is important in the movie right. and and many scenes. <clears throat> um, all right, so I gave it a uh, nine point eight in cinematography. Oh, okay. Um, 
thought it was just it looked beautiful great black and white um very yeah very high contrast very stark yeah definitely it almost yeah it's like i said it just it just drips with noir like it's just everything about it is intended to be a celebration of noir so yeah all right so uh music i'm Um, gonna oh go ahead go ahead sorry i'll just i'm gonna give it a 7.2 i didn't find it to be particularly notable um it was solid i didn't really pick out a theme um i i think if there's at least kind of one memorable theme then that will bump up the score but for me yeah 7.2 i i was considering a lower score um because of the same reason wasn't too memorable for me Mm -hmm. but i did feel that it did its job well okay um it added tension when it needed tension it was interesting when it needed to be interesting. The the music in the clubs, the the jazz music they listened to. Oh yeah, that was all, true. I thought it was all good, and the, the intro music I thought was really particularly good. The intro music um, was good. Yeah. So I I ended up giving it at a nine. Oh okay. Because I thought it was, even though it wasn't too memorable, I wasn't I didn't really convince myself that that really does makes it deserve a lower score. So I think music serves a purpose, and if it serves that purpose it should be recognized fair enough yeah good arguments all right um set design art direction all that goodness i give it a nine <laughs> I give it a lot of nines a lot of nines well wow. uh i i i thought they're very realistic sets um the homes yeah. felt like real homes That's with true. like bad wallpaper and uh, kitschy crap. Actually, shows. my favorite. And they're very sparse. My favorite very set. Sparse sets too. My favorite set by a long shot was that house at the beginning. Yeah, I, with the, the uh, angled ceilings. It, it was memorable to me because one one. You talking about the with the old man? Yeah, 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 yeah. The the gem guy. Um, partly because it's so. The way that they the way that it's shot, it mm. just looks, it looks almost spooky. Like it looks yeah very. It's like kind of out Caligari in the middle. almost. Kind of, I'm sorry, what? Kind of like oh, a Caligari, yeah, yeah, yeah. gothic feel. Yeah, it to almost it. had a surreal. I kind of, yeah. I, 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 I actually wish the more, the film was more like that. Yeah, yeah. Where yeah. even more shadows. You I'm know? wondering if that was a reference to Night of the Hunter, which is a, oh, uh, huh. um, I think a film from either the 40s or the 50s. Yeah. Amazing classic ma- noir. One of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah. It's not really noir. It's, it's about. It, it came up in it's my about research. Like a, it's about like a. <laughs> Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> I I don't I wouldn't really consider it noir. I would consider it. I don't know what I consider it. But <laughs> it's about because it's like about like a, a redneck family getting harassed by this man in black. Um, huh. It's not really a noir movie. It's not a crime. It, it well, it kind of is a crime movie. But noir, I I don't know. There's not enough fedoras in that movie to make me consider <laughs> it to enough. be. A you gotta noir. have at least one trench coat and at least one fedora. <laughs> right. But that there's a there's a scene in that movie with like a very sharply angled oh, set. Interesting. And it it reminded me of that. Um, okay. Yeah. Obviously, Caligari, surreal. Yeah. There was something stuff. about it. I, it's interesting you mentioned Caligari because it almost reminded me of a silent film for a bit there. Right. Right. Because there there is a good stretch where there's no dialogue. Yeah. And yeah. it actually lingers quite a bit on just him like coming into the house and walking up the stairs. And mm. that first scene is certainly my favorite scene. Yeah. Out of the whole movie. I, um, I would probably have to agree with that. So it's uh, it's so good. I just I just because I was not expecting him to shoot. Him. I actually wasn't even. I didn't notice that on the cover. Like, um, Cillian is actually kind of the featured character. Like he's the star of the movie. Yeah. But I I really thought Maurice was going to be the the star character. Right. I I would say if there's any downside to this movie. It would be that that hmm. there's not really any clear person to root for. That's They're a good all point. kind of yeah. On the bad side of bad, like they're kind of bad people, yeah. And you, you, but it, it is interesting how that—that's the big like twist that kind of like hits you at the end. It's like, oh, Cillian was pretty much—he was doing bad things, obviously, but he was actually acting out of friendship in this movie. He had two friends. They said that the, that one other—I think it was Armand or some other friend of theirs said mm. toward the end of the movie he had two friends in his life, Remy and Maurice, and Remy was killed. And right. uh, Maurice was almost killed, mm-hmm. so and he didn't get there in time to save Remy, and so he—that was part of his motivation. I think was like, "I've got to help Maurice," you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but where were we? Oh, category-wise. So, uh, set our direction. Um, 
I ended up going with a 6.9 really? because um, even though I loved that first one, I honestly just didn't, not, nothing stuck out about any of the rest of the sets for me. And I thought it, it's so standard noir uh, visuals that again, uh, I don't know. I, some a little bit more of a, a visual signature somewhere in it would have been I nice. Know. I think the plot's so complicated that mm. really do you need anything else to kind of impede your focus? Fair argument. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. The, the 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 wiggles aren't caught on the on the <laughs> podcast, Rob. Oh, you that's gotta, right. This is an audio medium. <laughs> My Z snaps. Yeah. <laughs> um. And, uh, so yeah, that's, that's where I'm going to leave it. Cool. 6.9. Um, and I'm going to go with, we're skipping the effects category cause it's not yeah. really relevant for this one. Right. So, and I'm going to go with uh 7.6 for editing. What do you got? Um, editing, I gave it an 8.7. Okay. I thought it told the story very well, but, uh, the shots that were kept in like the band, putting the band in or the tag in the band, hat band at the coat check was <laughs> unnecessary and Fair point. frustrating <laughs> and then the scene of the doctor putting the bandage on a open bullet wound um because that's how you doctor uh <laughs> um yeah, that was i noticed that was kind of ridiculous he's like, like i'll throw some cotton and a piece of tape over it <laughs> yeah and he 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 presses that bandage down for an awkward amount of time <laughs> yeah. maurice should have filed that, a complaint that, with that HR. doctor is just was just kind of weird anyway Maurice should have filed a complaint with HR that for quote, that quote for un- that bandage uh, installation. That yeah, that quote unquote doctor. He even jokes about being a vet, which maybe he really is a vet, and he just like does this kind of thing. Oh, for- I think he was. Yeah, because yeah. that's you know that's kind of a trope in these movies. <laughs> oh, is it? Yeah, yeah, vets. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, being mob doctors, you know, even in uh, trailer even park on, boys too. Even on Better Call Saul, oh he, yeah, there's, he has a vet friend who helps him get shady stuff when he needs it. Nice. Oh yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, that was kind of fu- uh, kind of funny. Yeah. But yeah. So editing. Yeah. I mean, I, I just gave a seven point six because it's it's good, but I didn't. Nothing about it really blew me away. Yeah. Um, I did think um, that one long take of the interrogation with with uh, Cillian, where it's like almost ten minutes or something. Mm. That shot blew me away, but I, I that wasn't really an editing thing. It was yeah, more, it's more of, of a, a lack of editing. Thing. More of a cinematography. Yeah. Um, and uh, but I did think that. I took, I, I, there were some negatives as far as, um, like you said, shots, some shots just being too long. Um, yeah. And, uh, but it's, it's, uh, it's capably done for the most part. So, mm. all right. What's your real factor, Rob? Um, my real factor, I liked this movie quite a bit. Um, mm-hmm. so I gave it a 9.8 as for my real factor. Uh, I thought it was a great crime noir film. Um, the plot was twisty and gritty and intriguey and, uh, it's, <laughs> and I think it's a classic. Intriguey uh, is crime a word film. now, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's a very good crime film. Um, and I'm curious to see some of his other movies. This is enough to spark my interest for sure, especially yeah. considering he directed and wrote it. Right. Uh, and my, my, uh, final score individual score is 9.3875 okay very specific uh for my real factor i'm gonna give her a 7.7 cool solid um kind of feel like maybe it should be slightly higher but um looking over my scores i'm i think i'm happy with them so i think i'm happy with where it ended up and uh my score is actually a solid eight eight point oh all right. No decimals. So that makes our real score. And that's how you do a nice, uh, nice crisp score, Rob. Mm. <laughs> so the real score for Le Dulos, the only score that matters. Right. Oh, by the way, might as well um, just, just. Oh, yeah. What is the IMDb? A little, a little preamble here. IMDb gives it 7.9. Right. Uh, on Rotten Tomatoes. It's dumb. You got, you got a, uh, right, let me get to the right page. <laughs> you got a 96 for the tomato meter, which is the critics. Dumb. So. Very, dumb high, way to rate very movies. high. It's a dumb way to rate movies. Very high critics rating. Dumber. Dumb. Um, audiences are ninety-one percent. So um, dumb. Not not really a lot of ratings, but it's you know it's a relatively obscure French film, so not surprising. But all these rating methods are dumb. 
What is our real score? So the real score, <laughs> since Rob is uh, pushing me to get to it here, <laughs> our real score is 8.69375. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think you tanked the score. I think I think we ended up with uh, giving it a, a fair score. I yeah, I would say it's probably fair. With our with our minds combined. But as always, folks, my score is the realist score. All right, um, and with no further ado, let's Rob, play some. Uh, would Would you like to play a game? Sure. Let's play some uh, Point Dog Millionaire, huh? Sounds good, Rob. All right, play the. Uh, Play the old tune. It's time for Point Dog Millionaire with Rob and Jeremiah. Only on Real on Reels. Point Dog, Point Dog Millionaire. All right. So, Point Dog Millionaire is suspiciously played like who wants to be a a millionaire where we uh have five we each have five questions for one another of increasing difficulty the first question's first worth one point then two points then three points and then four points and then five points for the fifth question um we have three lifelines in which we can choose to help us during this quest of cues <laughs> um and that is uh, the 50-50, a classic. The four multiple choice answers get split in half. Then we have Ask an AI. Because as we all know, the singularity is coming, folks. And uh, we're all going to die a dangerous robot death. I, for one, welcome our new robot o- overlords. Yep. Me too. And so we we can either ask Alexa or Siri. Um, and whichever one we think might give a better answer. And we only have one shot. If they don't understand, if they don't, you know, if they just want us to f off, <laughs> we we lose, or we 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 can still guess, but we do not get their help. Uh, we're out of luck. So, oh, and the third one is asking the audience, but <laughs> we don't have an audience. So uh, maybe one day we'll have a live audience, and it'll be uh, an actual. Yeah, so we can pick that one, but <laughs> it's not going to help us. Yeah. All right. All right. So who's uh? Can you give us a an update of the points? But I think you'll have to pull down that ledger first. Oh. Yep, there it is. Uh, Jeeves, oh. Jeeves, <laughs> would you would you uh would you grab that for me? Thank you. We have a butler, a podcast butler named Jeeves. We pay him in sodes. <laughs> <laughs> that's our uh, that's our form of currency. <laughs> yeah. It's worth uh, it's like it's like it's like thirteen cents. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. He's all he's good with it. All right. Yeah. So he's kinky. <laughs> our 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 score at the moment, our overall score, total score, is uh thirty nine for you, thirty six for me. So yes. we're s- close together. So I think uh probably the w- loser, which is you, you're the loser. Um, I think you <laughs> the loser should get have to answer the first question. All right. Sure. Should, okay. Is that okay as the loser? That's fine. Okay. Um, I'm a good sport. I'm a, At least somebody around here is. <laughs> uh, this podcast is over. Um, <laughs> first question. The 1984 film Ghostbusters culminates in a battle between the Busters <laughs> and which building-sized creature? Is it A, the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man, <laughs> B Slimer, C Vigo the P- Carpathian, or <laughs> D the Stay Sour Jolly Rancher Man. Oh, that should be a thing. The Stay Stay Sour Stay Sour Jolly Rancher Man, giant, giant like translucent guy in overalls or something. Um, yeah. yeah, it's the Stay Puffed Marshall, Marshmallow Man. So so A that'll is be. It, is that your final answer? That is my final answer. All right, you are correct. Reach. And uh, you know, you know how when they defeat the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, all the marshmallow, melted marshmallow, like drops on the people of New York. Yeah, it's shaving cream, right? Yeah, thirty-five pounds of it. Yeah, <laughs> and they tested it uh, with seventy pounds, and it knocked the uh, 
<laughs> the stunt guy off of his feet. <laughs> oh, wow. So they they cut the uh, dose in half. <laughs> <laughs> the dose of shaving cream. Yeah. That, wow. That probably the only person in history who can say I got knocked off my feet by some shaving cream. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Literally. Wow. <laughs> right. That's awesome. All right. So uh, I'm gonna hit you with m- your first question, Rob. Ooh. The Maltese Falcon. I, I've got a, a bit of a noir theme here. You know how I like to do themes. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Did you mark yourself down for a point? I did. Okay, good. Um, I marked myself down for, for a point. Uh, so Don't make fun the, of my speech thing. <laughs> I can't say poon poon. All right. It's Sorry. not true point. I could say point, but I prefer to say poont. All right, moving on. Mm-hmm. So my first question for you, Rob, is number one: Is the Maltese Falcon, or excuse me, I re- read my own question incorrectly? <laughs> question the first, Rob: the oh. Mal- the Maltese Falcon stars which actor? Uh, A. John Huston. B. Ward Bond. C. Humphrey Bogart. Or D. Samuel Spade. I will say C. The Humphreys Bogart. Humphrey Bogart did bar- Bogart, Bogart that movie. So. <laughs> I'm a riot. Uh, yeah, so Samuel Spade is actually the name of his character in the movie. Yeah. Um, and then John John Huston is just another... Uh, actually, John Huston directed it. And uh, mm. Ward Bond, actually, he plays a detective in the movie. And uh, he played Pat Wheeler in Rio, Rio Bravo. So it was oh. an un- unintentional connection. Oh. All right. Question two. <coughs> so Jeremy, Jeremiah and I are tied to the point. Uh, question two. Quentin Tarantino said, I hate that effing movie about which of these films that he's written. Is it A, it's Pat, B, Jackie Brown, <coughs> C, Natural Born Killers, or D, True Romance? That's a tough one. Um... He only co-wrote It's Pat or guest wrote or something. Um, and oh, sorry, what was the, what was letter B? Uh, Jackie Brown. Okay. I don't think he would hate that one. Um, I have seen you and I watched uh, Natural Born Killers and True Romance really close together at yeah. one point back mm-hmm. when we did our original incarnation of our film podcast. We yeah, can get film can talk. Give more details about that <laughs> yeah. in a future episode maybe. Um but yeah, uh, we did an episode on Natural Born Killers. I'm going to say Tarantino probably hates Natural Born Killers. So I'm going to go with C as my final answer. That is correct. Yes. Yep. Um, he was a kind of a it's notorious for hating that movie. He, um, did he just not like what Oliver Stone did with it? or That and he I know he tried to release the script as like a book and the studio like gave him crap over the rights. And I think I I could have swore he once said that he punched Oliver Stone because of it, because of the movie. Um, But I, when I researched that uh, before the recording this, I doesn't seem, I couldn't find it anywhere. So I, I don't, I could have swore I heard him say that though. I I don't know if I believe it. I I could, I could hear, I could see him saying that as a way of, be, you being hyperbolic or just he didn't seem like trying to sound like a badass but yeah i mean you well, know. yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i think we're on the same page with tarantino yeah um so yeah so that, that'll be two points for me two points for the germ no misses yet all right so you question the second for you rob yes is which actor, which of these actors does not appear in the 1997 film L.A. Confidential? Damn. Letter A. Yeah. Russell Crowe. Uh-huh. Letter B, Guy Pierce. C, James Cromwell. D, Kiefer Sutherland. I'm going to have to go with the 50-50 on this one. All right. Um... I guess I, I thought I picked a, po- a popular enough movie, but apparently never not. seen it. <laughs> it's it's very good. Surprises this isn't question five. Yeah, so I'm gonna eliminate. Uh, I'm gonna eliminate Russell, or actually, I'm gonna eliminate. Uh, yeah, uh, Russell Crowe and James Cromwell. 
So who was who was not in the who movie? Who the remaining b- between, ones? Uh, yeah, <laughs> that makes you more did sense. it again. I did it again. <laughs> uh, so yeah, the remaining ones are Guy Pierce and Kiefer, Kiefer Sutherland. Which one was not in the movie? I don't even know who the flying F Guy Pierce is. Oh, uh, I, okay. Well, I'll I, give I you. Might... I'll give you a little bit of help no, here then. No, be... no, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay for me not to know something. Okay, it's fair enough. I don't know if you know the things that I'm going to ask you. Um, fair enough. I'm going to say Guy Pierce. Okay, Guy Pierce stars in the movie. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he. Have you seen Memento? Yes. Okay, that's Guy Pierce. Oh, He's okay. The main, yeah. Um, so, the, yeah, the key for Sutherland is not in LA Confidential. Gotcha. So, alrighty then. Uh, what is your third question for me, Rob? Um, okay. Which country's films have won the most Academy Awards for Best Foreign Language Film? Hmm. Is it A, Japan, B, Spain, C, France, or D, Italy? Hmm. I could see you making it France, or I could see you picking one where the answer is France, just to make it obvious so that I won't want to pick that answer. This is a very (laughs) Vitsini from the Princess Bride (laughs) moment, but... um, mm. So, I want to say it's probably, I want to say Spain. Let me, I don't want to use my 50-50 yet. Oh, do I? No, nah, I'm not going to use my 50-50 yet. I'm just going to say Spain. That's your final answer? Yes. That is incorrect. Dang. Uh, the answer is D, Italy. Okay. Um, hmm. Italy has won 14 awards in that category. And be- Best uh, Picture? Uh, no, in best foreign language film. Oh, oh, duh, yeah, best um, foreign language film with uh, thirty-two nominations. France was a close second with twelve wins, but it beats Italy in nominations with forty. Oh wow! Okay, so yeah, that's impressive. Good, good on you, Italians. Okay, so it's on to your third question. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so <laughs> I went ahead and went with a memento question because <laughs> it came to mind. Oh. Memento from 2000, uh, directed by Christopher Nolan. Yeah. Um, in, in that movie, Guy Pierce's character is an insurance investigator. Okay. What other classic noir centers around an insurance insurance investigator? I think I already know the answer to this one. Okay. Maybe I, I put these in the wrong order of difficulty here. Uh, the, uh, A, double indemnity. B, the third man. C, touch of evil. Or D, the killing. A double indemnity. Ding 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 ding. I thought even if you hadn't seen it, you might get the clue that double indemnity is an insurance thing. Right. So, all right. Yeah. It's a great movie. Three points. Sweet. All right, my number four. Joss Whedon was one of the writers on which Pixar film? A A Bug's Life. B Monsters Inc. C Toy Story. Or D, The Incredibles. Um, man, I really want to pick The Incredibles, but I'm going to go ahead and use a lifeline because uh, this is this is my fourth question, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, we'll do a fifty-fifty. Okay. Uh, so the remaining answers are uh, The Incredibles and Toy Story. Oh man, if it's t- Toy Story, I'm going to eat my shorts. Um, I'm going to say The Incredibles. That is incorrect. Ah, I got to eat my shorts. Yep. Uh, Toy Dang Story. It. He helped, uh, he was credited as a writer. He was one of the writers that rewrote, helped rewrite the script and um, do whatever. But he created the character of Rex. um, And he helped, like, flesh out the uh, Barbie character more. Uh, That was kind of his contributions to the film. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I didn't realize Joss Whedon had something to do with that film being so good. Yep. Cool. Um... Man, that's annoying that I didn't get the four point one. <laughs> All right, so your your four point four point question here, Rob. Billy Wilder won Best Director, Best Picture, and Best Screenwriter. Um, actually, shared the Best Screenwriter one, uh, but he run he won those three for which film? All three of them for the same film. Um, A. Some Like It Hot. B. Sunset Boulevard. C. The Lost Weekend. Or D. The Apartment. I'm going to have to say Sunset Boulevard. Is that your final answer? The Academy loves movies about Hollywood. No. Uh, yeah, they, <laughs> narcissism is what that is. Um, so uh, Sunset Boulevard is your final answer? No yeah. lifeline? Um, 
That's a good point. There are lifelines. I will do a lifeline. You do. You do, uh, yeah. I mean, you just have the AI one, really. But okay. Alexa. For which movie did Billy Wilder win three Academy Awards? Billy Wilder has six Oscars. Thanks, Alexa. Oh, that was a totally helpful answer. You bet. <laughs> Alexa just said, you bet, if that didn't get picked up. Wow, okay. Oh, you jerk. She's just, she's just, she's a, she's a evil. pistol today. Um, I'm going to... I'm going to say Sunset Boulevard. All right. Uh, that is incorrect. Um, he did actually win director and and um, screenwriter for that one, but um, he won all three of them for The Apartment. Oh, okay. And he's one of eight or eight directors that has done that. Oh, okay. A couple of the others that have done that are Coen Brothers and uh, Peter Jackson. Mm. So it's a very rarefied category. All right. And he, he liked to write his movies with, with co-writers, interestingly. He never, he never just wrote one by himself. I think it's it's helpful with that medium. Mm, yeah, I think. Yeah, playing playing ideas off of somebody is yeah, it's a, a very helpful process for sure. Yeah. I think. All right. Um. So, five point question. Uh, for me. Are we recording, Jeremiah? We'll keep this part in. We we have we have been. This okay. Whole time. We were kind of zoomed out on the uh, or zoomed mm-hmm. in on the. Oh uh, yeah yeah thing but uh what question are we on four no five it's my five oh, yeah it's, it's the fifth question for me and i've been answered i haven't asked you fifth yeah oh yeah for you <laughs> yeah i get you um okay so number five the 1996 film train spotting is set in which country is it a mm. england b scotland c ireland or d wales Pretty sure it's Ireland, but let me uh, let me ask Alexa. Alexa, what country? Oh, she turned <laughs> off. All right. Sorry, I'm not sure what you mean. Oh, come on, Alexa. Yeah. Alexa. <laughs> Alexa. In what country is the film Train Spotting set? Sorry, I'm not sure about that. Ooh, ouch. She's not helpful today. That was a simple question, Alexa. She's in a bad mood today. Okay, I'm going to go with Ireland. That is incorrect. <sighs> it was Scotland, uh, in Edinburgh specifically. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Uh, I knew it was either Ireland or Scotland. And Ewan McGregor's in that movie, and he, had, well, he was seriously considering shooting up to research for the role, but he decided against it. That's probably good. Yeah. I, <laughs> you said you haven't seen that movie? I haven't. Yeah, it's no. like a heroin movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard that um, SLC Punk was kind of a ripoff of it. But SLC Punk, really? Um, I don't ways. think so. I'd have to really see them again, <laughs> like, close together. Yeah. But Not a big fan of that movie anyway, but... You don't like SLC Punk? Yeah. I love SLC right. Punk. I, I think it's a great movie. Alrighty then. So, uh, just your five point question, man. I, I've only gotten one point out of this game. This is terrible. <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and sad. Lead. <laughs> you got you had some hard questions for me. All right, um, Rob. Question five. Scorsese's The Departed is a remake of which foreign film? Uh, overheard. A. Overheard. B. Infernal Affairs. C. The Killer. Or D, drug war. I think you're out of, out of lifelines too, right? Yeah, except for the useless one. Yeah. <laughs> Audience, um, what do you think it is? <laughs> oh, jeez. What were the options again? Overheard, mm-hmm. Infernal Affairs, The Killer, and Drug War. The Killer. They're all foreign films. Obviously, these are English translations, but... I'm going to say... I don't know. The killer, I think, is wrong, but it just—it's—it's it's my gut feeling. I'm gonna say the—I'm gonna say the killer. Incorrect. Okay. 
It's actually Infernal Affairs. Ah, oh, that was my other choice. Yeah, these are these are actually all Hong Kong films that I picked for answers. The Killer is a great John Woo film, but I I, I thought it was a different Killer. I thought it was the older. There, I thought there was an older movie called The Killer. Okay, that is a great John Woo. That would yeah, that would have made sense. Yeah, I I need to see that one too. Um, yeah, so I I didn't realize that was a remake until I looked it up today. Yeah, and Scorsese didn't realize it either until uh, <laughs> after he'd already decided to direct how does, it. How does that work? I don't know, because <laughs> he didn't write it, but. Oh. Yeah, um, yeah, Departed, great movie. The movie that, in my opinion, the Academy Award gave to Scorsese out of respect for his career. I think he deserved Instead it. Instead of the merits of the movie. I think he deserved it, though, for that movie. I think it was I, fantastic. But I thought it was good, but... It's actually, um, it's, it's the only Scorsese-directed film to win Best Picture. Did you know that? Yeah. That's what I, that's what I mean, like... I I think they gave it to him out of respect for his career instead of the merits of that movie because I think it's good but I don't think it's Academy Award good. I I think it's perfect honestly. <laughs> I love everything about that movie. I don't know. So. I can't take anything with Mark <laughs> Wahlberg seriously. Well, he actually was great. I think he even won the best supporting actor Oscar for that movie. He's great in it. I hope that's not true. No. Yeah. Them's the way the cookies crumble. Sorry, Mark. <laughs> I know you're listening. I'm sure he listens to Real on Reels. <laughs> he waits with bated breath every week. So, so uh, yeah, that was yeah. our game. Yeah, and that's the yeah. show. And that's the show, yeah. yeah. Anything else you'd like to say? Thanks, Jason, for the suggestion. Yeah. You enjoyed the film. Mm-hmm. It's a fun I'll conversation. I'll have to do some more Melville films at some point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you'd like to suggest a movie, con- hit us up on Facebook, uh, Twitter, um, just search Gmail, real on reels official at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're listening. We'll, we'll watch whatever you'd like us to watch. We'll be, uh, I'm not sure what we're going to be doing next, but we'll, we'll, we'll keep, we'll keep you updated. Sure. Um, anything else for you? Anything else for you? I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> All right. Let's get the heck out of here, Chucky bitch. All right, everybody. See you next week. <laughs>